Hey, welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. This is 2018. Jessica Wolf is here. Jessica, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So we're going to kick the year off with a video podcast. We're going to talk about a couple different things, which we haven't totally figured out yet. We're kind of in the middle of sorting it out. So hopefully it'll go okay. Brand new year. People always start out the year with resolutions. You know, they want to lose weight. They want to get in shape. They want to whatever, whatever, whatever. A lot of them set goals that are unrealistic, and it just becomes a sort of depressing thing that you didn't do. Um, what about with teams? Do you think that it's worth worth the time for a team to try to set some resolutions now that we're at the start of the new year? Absolutely. Um, I would say maybe not call it resolutions, but look at your team charter, right? Okay. Um, what is- I always bring it back to purpose, right? So when you're working in a company, what is the company's purpose? Now, if you're working, um, if that company has many different value streams, right, or different divisions, departments, what is that purpose? Your team, what is that purpose? And getting to that and making sure that individually you're looking at your purpose on that team and are you fulfilling that? Is that even something that's visible? is that something maybe that the team needs to actually talk about? Um, realigning what their purpose is. Maybe there was changes in that past year where their purpose might have shifted a little bit. Maybe they've taken on new roles. Maybe they've taken on new responsibilities. And understanding um, how that might realign what their previous charter is. So, so let's try to take a, a typical scenario. I, I'm a developer on a team. I was hired to do one thing. It hasn't really worked out that way. I'm on this team. I keep getting the same kind of stuff. And I have a job, and I like the people I work with, but, you know, they don't give me stuff I want to do. I'm not really being challenged the way I want. I don't have any power to change that. Like, what what would you, what would you suggest to somebody on a team who's in that situation, which I'm sure there are lots of people in that situation? Yeah. So I've been in that situation before, not as a developer, but in other roles, and Really, for me, it's, well, what would it look like if this situation was what I want it to be, right? What would the perfect scenario look like? And this is an introspective that you probably need to do with yourself. Um, It might be nice to have someone like a mentor or, you know, a buddy there with you to kind of like facilitate and walk through it. Um, But really, what would it look like for me to be in the ideal role? For Jessica Wolf, what would it look like, right? So for me, I looked at, well, I love tooling and I'm really good at understanding a tool and how it can solve somebody else's problem. The other thing I love is helping, um, or should I say, empowering people to reach their full potential. Uh, And that's not just, you know, agile, product owner, just in in life. Um, So if I marry the two, what does that look like, right? So helping people to take that, the tools, right? to show the metrics, to show that they are actually performing um, to their highest capability. And if they're not, what can you do to actually make that change to get that metric to look in a place where you're meeting your outcome? Back when I was just doing my own consultant thing, um, I actually thought about starting my own company to actually just do tooling, right? We know how hard it is to start your own company. And this job came up and, you know, the power is aligned. Thank you, God. And now I'm here. <laughs> okay. So what if, I mean, a lot of this is kind of predicated on the idea that you understand what your mission is. Like for me, I do what I do because I had a horrible time with Agile moving from Waterfall and I want to make that suck less for other people. And the best way for me to do that is through teaching. For you, you've got the, the desire to help people 
you know, realize a more whole version of themselves. There's a coaching aspect to that. There's the tooling aspect of that. They can find a way in their jobs to to rise. What for? What do you say to people who who have never really answered this question before? Because the, I get a lot of people like that in class. They don't have a mission. Um, they don't have this like this is why I do what I do. And maybe they're just stuck in gigs. They haven't been able to get there. They've never just thought about it before. How do you coach people through that questioning? Well, first and foremost, I like kind of going over what do you value? Okay. And it doesn't have to be anything related to work, but like, what do you value? You value your family. You might value your dog. You might value playing video games, watching movies. And maybe you value something really unique, like, um, uh, I don't know, uh, carving wood and making fun things, right? So really understanding where your values are, the things you like. And then prioritizing that, like what's most important, right? And then from there, do you have anything, any goals that you've been striving towards around those values, right? Um, so I like to kind of try to figure out like, you know, how we can get that person to the next level where they can feel fulfilled. Um, and so for some people, it's personal and in life, they maybe fulfillment for them is working on their house and they want to go to work and just do a mindless task. Right. For instance, like there's people who um, so a lot of people I met actually in my previous role. I used to be a cytogenetic technologist. Uh, oh, wait, what? What? <laughs> a cytogenetic technologist. What the so hell is I that? I used to diagnose cancer in a laboratory. Um, and oh. to be honest, it was very boring. I'm so sorry for people that are doing it because um, it was a monotonous thing that you're doing. You're, you're looking at patterns. They're not, they're not watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're probably, well, you never know. Um, but one thing I noticed is that there was a lot of people in that um, group that had been managers before and decided that that wasn't for them. They wanted to just come to work, do their job, go home, right? Um, there's, and, and that's what they felt fulfilled because at home with the family, that's really where they got their fulfillment. So really understanding where, where that is for you. Work may not need to meet that need. For me, it needs to meet that need. But for somebody else, it may not. So do you find, because I'm, I'm going to share something about myself and I'm curious as to whether or not you have this thing. When, when I meet people like the ones you just described, like they just want to go clock their time and go home because it's all about the family. I have a lot of friends like that. Um, and I love my family very dearly, but I am not that guy. And I always feel this like twinge of guilt, like I'd be a better human if I could just be that guy and just, you know, take the job and do the thing because everything's about family. But that's not the way I'm wired. Unfortunately, it's not the way my wife is wired either. So it, it works out. But do you ever feel that like pang of guilt that it's about the job more than the other stuff? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> You're healthier than I am. I'll explain a little bit. Let me go deeper. Um, okay. I, don't, I feel like at Leading Agile, we kind of have family here. You know, it's we've developed our own family with each other. Um, and, and I'll say, like, for instance, Derek, I'm so close to him, and he's my mentor. I feel like he's my older brother, right? He just kind of, like, comes to me in my role and in life. And, you know, Scott Selhorse is another one who I yeah. just feel like I can call guy. Right? Um, Jenny, Rachel. So I feel like we have – and, and so at some companies, I'm sure people feel the same way. We've developed our family here. Um, at the same time, I'm able to really use the skills that I have in life that I would use with my family with not just guys, but also with our clients. 
And, you know, we're fulfilling our purpose in that way. Now there's probably, I don't, I don't know anybody at our company who's like, I just want to come to work and get the job done nine to five and then go home and be with my family. I, I don't really know anyone like that here. Um, maybe there are people, um, I just haven't seen it. Yeah, I don't uh, think that. <laughs> I mean, it's not really a consultant thing to do. Um, but at, at the same time, even if that was the case, I feel like there's a lot of fulfillment and a lot of flexibility here to be able to do yeah. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So, so somebody's going through this process of trying to figure out what their value system is and figure out if their job aligns with it. it. It would be simple to say, well, if it doesn't align, you just quit, go work somewhere else. But what, what would you, what steps do you recommend they take before they bring out the hatchet? <laughs> so, so first and foremost, figuring out your purpose and where that aligns, right? Uh, also, do you really understand your company's purpose, your team's purpose, and where that aligns? And if there are gaps, there may be ways that you can fill those gaps to help you feel more fulfilled. Uh, so some companies have other things that you can do. When I was at Malwarebytes, there was a culture club. So you could join the culture club and help to promote, um, you know, I guess you would say company culture. Um, however, it, it was more along the lines of, I know that's funny. <laughs> no, I'm laughing because I was, I was when you said it, I'm like, oh my god, are they going to make you sing Boy George songs? Because that would be awful. <laughs> uh, actually, we might have had a joke about that with the Culture Club, um, but but it was more along the lines of uh, creating a workplace that really people want to be involved in. And if there are issues in the workplace, you know, addressing them within the culture club to say, hey, you know, this is kind of killing our culture. Uh, I don't want to go about it. I'm just bringing it to that point. And then also events. Um, so that was some a fun thing that you could get involved in. Um, other companies have uh, mission projects, things like that, like once a year where you can go out and uh, do a mission project with your company. Um, and so that's first. I would look at opportunities within the company, maybe even creating those type of organizations. Uh, when I was at, at Neogenomics, they had a health, like a health and fitness club, right? So that they started that. So that was something that, you know, maybe it's not exactly related to what you're getting paid to do, but a lot of companies have these other things that you can partake in to help kind of connect everything to network yourself and to um, help you feel more like you do have a purpose, like a belonging there. Okay. So I want to, I want to share a couple of things that I found really helpful in trying to figure this stuff out. So, um, many years ago I did this personal Kanban experiment that I've talked about and blogged about before, but Brian Bazzuto kind of coached me through it and he made me sign up for this happiness tracking tool, which I thought was really stupid. And I really was very resistant to it. And it like ping you several times a day, be like, what are you doing? How do you feel about it? I thought it was really dumb, but nothing in my life has taught me more about myself and how I respond to work than that particular tool, which I'll put a link in the show notes. And it made me realize that even when I feel like overwhelmed and overburdened and overtaxed, everything I have to do is awesome. And I'm really excited to be able to have to do it. And it made me kind of re-evaluate all the stuff that I would have said before was like, oh, this sucks. It's not in line with my mission. My mission was different than I thought it was, and it really took a way of like holding up a mirror to it to see it better. Um, 
Have you had anything like, have you found anything like that that's helped you kind of evaluate what your value system is and figure out how to tie that back to work? It's funny you say that because there was an app I used too. I think it was called the Productivity Tracker. Um, and what it did was it kind of outlined what's important to you and then helping you establish what are your goals, right? What are the outcomes that you want to achieve? So for, for me back in the day, it was actually uh, figuring out <laughs> who am I, right? Um, and then, the start, then you would have activities and things that you would do that you would actually track to, to that, that would, it almost like epic feature story. <laughs> if you think about it, it almost looked like that. Um, it was an app. Um, and then during the day, did the same thing where it would ping you to say, how are you feeling? Uh, and also along the lines of the activities, you would actually schedule, like, for instance, I'm, I would do lean coffee, right? I would go and do agile networking events. And um, those are things that pertain to the goals that I was looking to achieve. Uh, another one was uh, getting out of debt, right? So, hey, I'm working. I'm getting out of debt, right? So just the fact that I'm getting paid, right? If I'm doing anything on the side, um, I'm now something that might take away from it is going shopping, right? So maybe that was an activity that I had planned and that is a negative towards my goal, but it might've been a positive relationship building. So you're very, you, you're very focused and, and you're kind of your own product owner, basically. Yes. <laughs> okay. It just segues right back in. Okay. Um, any books, anything like that? I mean, like I, for me, when we did like some of the, the book club stuff with speed of trust, that was, that had a huge impact on me too this year. Um, there's been a bunch of books to be honest, but one thing, um, that actually kind of helped me, uh, I guess you would say, experiment on myself is Tim Ferriss. Uh, I started listening to his podcasts, I don't know, maybe a year and a half, two years ago, and I completely fell in love. <laughs> uh, Tim Ferriss, um, if you guys don't know who he is, he um, actually does uh, life hacking on himself and uh, does experiments on himself and interviews the top performers in each area. So for instance, um, he might interview you as being like a top uh, agile or a top uh, scrum, right? <laughs> Unlikely, but yes. Right? Yeah. So he interviews uh, <laughs> the people who are top in their field and helps and really wants to dissect exactly what they do to get to the point of being that top performer in whatever it is that they do. And a lot of it's, some of it's related, some of it's not. Um, but listening to the habits and um, routines of other like what other people do there's a lot of similarities right so like having a morning routine having an evening routine um and that podcast helped me really kind of identify what works for me and, and and helped me to solidify um you know what are the habits routines and, and and things that i do that contribute to who i am as a person and what i value. okay so i mean i that stuff has had a big impact on me as well. When you were talking in the beginning about figuring out what's important to you, I felt like you were kind of echoing a lot of the four-hour work week stuff. Um, but it, it's it kind of gets to a thing where it's about optimizing your life so that you can perform better in the things that you want to do. Have you ever seen a team take that kind of approach to, I mean, that's, I guess, ideally what should be happening in a retrospective. But maybe like this year, a thing a team could take on would be Let's figure out how to optimize ourselves using those kind of principles, like the Tim Ferriss stuff, with the team. What's the optimal way to make the team function? 
Yeah, you know, that makes me think about what I commonly see in retrospectives, actually. So I'm going to take this another path. Okay. Uh, a lot of times in retrospectives, what I'm seeing is they're coming up with a lot of problems and they're not coming up with a lot of solutions. And I think that's the biggest problem. Even when you're evaluating yourself, you may come up with, well, I can't do this or I can't do that. And, you know, these are the problems I have, but you're not coming up with experiments to try to solve that problem. And that's to bring it back to the Tim Ferriss way is he's doing two week experiments on himself and he actually uses two weeks. Um, for these experiments. So it might be, uh, I'm going to eat 50% protein in my diet for two weeks, probably more for him, but <laughs> but like for two weeks and see what happens. Or like this lean protein, or like I'm gonna cut this thing out and like, just like little things, right? Um, or sleep on the floor for two weeks. And that that's one of the things that he has done. Um, but as a team, let's, let's go back to the team. Uh, for two weeks, we are going to actually do a daily scrum, right? Some teams don't want to do it every week or at the same time, or they decide, hey, I'm too busy to come today. Here's my update, right? And that's not the point of a daily scrum. So really kind of looking at your solution and experimenting on how you think it could get better and then looking at the results of that experiment. Even if it didn't work, what did you learn? Yeah. So, all right, I'm going to try to loop back around now. I think if you're on a team that, if you don't feel fulfilled, if you feel like you're not, you know, you were hired for this purpose, you're not getting to do what you were, you know, brought in to do. You don't feel it challenging and creative. Like one of the things I always say to people is before you bail, make sure that there's not something you can do to learn from this. Like to me, there's always experiments, even in horrible situations you don't want to be in. It's an experiment. Can you find a way through the puzzle? Because if you don't, you're going to end up with the same puzzle again later on. So maybe finding a way to optimize the team, taking that kind of a role, instead of just feeling like, you know, my job sucks, talking to your team members about, let's let's see what we can do. Let's try growth hacking on the team somehow or something that we can kind of run experiments on. And maybe Experiment Maps is a great place to start. Maybe we should do a podcast about that. But um, I don't think anybody should stay in a job where they don't feel fulfilled. But I think before you just bail, you have to figure out what fulfills you first. Absolutely. And it's your responsibility to be fulfilled, not anybody else's. Like you have to go get it. It's not just gonna, it's not just gonna appear like, oh, I'm fulfilled. No, that's not how life works. And you have to work to get to the point of fulfillment. It's not going to come to you. So if you're not feeling fulfilled, what is it that you could be doing to get to that point where you are feeling fulfilled? Cool. That's, All right. This that's was great. All right, so before we go, I want to do have one thing you're going to run an experiment on in the next couple months. So one thing I'm running an experiment on um, is actually internally, I'm building out a system using Jira Service Desk uh, internally for, um, we're going to start with internal requests, surprising, uh, <laughs> about um, things that might come through tooling and metrics, right? Um, and the other thing I'm gonna do is link that to JIRA as a whole. And this will be fun for our clients to listen to like some of the ideas you might have with JIRA. So we're gonna link it to JIRA using um, the big picture plugin and actually map out what it, a uh, transformation would look like with tools and metrics from the top down. And, and so yeah, having epic, I'm building it, but having epic features and stories and I wanna see um, so number one, it's going to be a good experiment to say how 
would this look for leading agile but number two for us to actually use it uh, eat our own dog food and put it out there gaining our metrics and things of that sort so that's one of the experiments that i hope to learn a lot from cool that's awesome well i have two and you inspired one of them so one i want to get ahead in the podcast and do a lot more videos so I, I often end up doing these at like finishing editing them like at two o'clock in the morning the night before they have to go live when i'm supposed to be teaching the next morning I don't want to do that anymore. Um, so I want to get ahead. I want to do more video. And I want to fig- find a way for us to do lean coffee, which you had suggested doing a video lean coffee. So you and Derek and I have to figure that one out. Even if it's just internal um, for leading Agile to start with, we can play to see what that looks like. And then maybe some of our listeners, I think they would enjoy that. Yeah. So if actually, if you're interested in participating, Send me an email, dave.prior at leadingagile.com. We'll put my stuff on the bottom of the screen. Um, and Jessica, if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for folks to do that? So uh, LinkedIn is uh, the Jessica Wolf. So if you do LinkedIn, the T-H-E Jessica Wolf. Twitter, same thing, T-H-E Jessica Wolf. Facebook, same thing, T-H-E Jessica Wolf. All right. And I'll put links to all of it in the show notes. And obviously, they can contact you through Leading Agile as well. Right? Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year.